Thank you for joining us for Still Speaking, a podcast from Ivanhoe Congregational Church. No matter who you are or where you are in life's journey, you are welcome here. We are a United Church of Christ in Mundelein, Illinois, and an open and affirming congregation. This podcast aims to explore scripture through conversation with the purpose of discovering new insights and enhancing individual faith practices. God is still speaking, and we are all listening to discern a message for today and deepen our faith. Hello, thank you for joining us. Um, this is episode 81 of the Still Speaking podcast. My name is Shelley Grow. I'm here with Pastor Chris Hewitt of Ivanhoe Congregational Church. I'm a former member, longtime fan of this church, and um, currently live out of state, but when I'm able to pass through to visit family, it's always a pleasure to come and sit in the library with Chris and um, talk about life and um, and what we can gain from uh, the scripture of the week. For those who uh, haven't tuned in recently, the purpose of this really is to tease out a little bit more discussion, kind of a virtual Bible study based on the sermon uh, from each Sunday, and um, and kind of have some real talk about what does it mean to be walking the walk, not just coming in on Sunday and, and hearing the sermon. Um, this week, the topic is Chosen Journeys, and we're going to be looking at Matthew. And so, Chris, I'm going to turn it over to you to maybe Bring us back up to speed on where you were at with last week's sermon and kind of how that will um, transition over to our conversation this week. Thank you. I, I think our, uh, our theme is going to, there's going to be a, a thread of a theme of, of hospitality and welcoming. So to set up this uh, week's scripture, I want to walk back to, um, we'll be in Matthew chapter 11, the end of chapter 10, uh, has Jesus explicitly talk about welcoming by saying that those who, Jesus says, the, whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me, and whoever welcomes uh, even a little one and gives them a cup of cold water. So like not just not just a drink, but like an extra special, you know. Um, in those times, to have cold water would have meant going to the well uh, recently you know, uh, in the summer, a, a refreshing, a cup of cold water is very refreshing. So just think about like those little things we do for one another, take care of one another, those acts of welcome and hospitality, like, um, w- what does it mean to you to like really be welcomed? Um, I like where you're going there with the special attention. Yeah. So for example, on the 4th of July, yeah. Um, earlier this week, we were invited to a neighbor's house for a gathering that was clearly mostly their family, mm-hmm. who we did not know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but our kids were in the same class in school, and so it was fun to get them together. And I think my husband and I were kind of awkwardly standing on the outside because mm-hmm. we didn't know how to you know, insert ourselves into the auntie conversations. And um, to me, a great act of hospitality was when um, John, who lived in the house, came up to us and engaged us in conversation and made sure that, you know, we knew where the coolers were and mm-hmm. what games were available for the kids. So it's just those those gestures of inclusion right. to make sure that um, you're, you feel comfortable. Yeah. What's your go-to when you're the host? What, are you, what do you do to make others feel welcome? I love curating the nightstand. So (laughs) when our aunt comes to visit, for example, it's always my favorite thing to make sure that um, 
there's a bottle of water, a bar of chocolate, fresh flowers, and I usually try to put um, two or three different books on different topics. Nice. So that when you're, you know, in somebody else's house, even if it's a beautiful home, like it can be awkward, right, to Mm -hmm. like get comfortable. So to just have a couple of things so that whatever you might need would be right there for you. That's awesome. I think that's exactly the direction that uh, Jesus was suggesting we do. Um, what I tried to invite the congregation last Sunday, I think about in terms of inclusion, um, we put together a, a playlist of um, sing-along songs because mm-hmm. I think like that's how you know you really feel included when you can participate. So um, when I'm a guest at somebody's house, I try to you know if they're providing the dinner, um, I try to ask like if I can help with the dishes because you want to. How can you participate without, I guess, you know, I'm not wanting to take advantage of um, too much. You know, you want to, what can I do to be helpful? um, What are your thoughts about um, that extra, like, I mean, we talked about inclusion, like participation in the inclusion. Yeah. Um, it's also about meeting people on their level. Right. So as the host, instead of expecting them to come in and immediately be comfortable with what you're trying to put on, it's, and I'm thinking about this with kids, especially Mm -hmm. where, you know, if you sit down or kneel down and you're on their eye level, they will immediately warm up to you more. Right. Um, so trying to figure out what, um, what will help them feel, like they can engage without feeling threatened about how they're going to be judged or feeling shy or, you know, it's, it's just make, making the effort to make it easier for the other person. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes um, what I was wanting the congregation to, to feel with the sing-along was like fun. Like there's yeah. something of including and participation that's like fun. So sometimes you, you know, an act of hospitality, like a dinner, you have, games after the day I, I don't know I'm trying to well, like, like what I keep thinking of as you're talking about that is this is one of my favorite things ever but when you get those little cubes of conversation cards right so you can use them in road trips like um I don't know if any college kids would be listening to this but um when you are going back and forth to college and you're mm-hmm. doing like a ride share yeah <laughs> so to grab those cards and just have you know those conversations like what, what is your favorite vacation if you were on a deserted island what would you bring with you and those are a great thing to have at dinner tables too or to leave at the cabin or wherever yeah yeah so that's where I was thinking we'd go next towards the end of our scripture for today is uh, Jesus offering a, a beautiful invitation to rest. So like summer is often about rest and renewal and people take vacations. What is your favorite part of summer? The beach. Um, so we go to Harbor Springs, Michigan, every okay. um, the last week of every July. And that is my absolute favorite thing is the first thing we do in the morning is put on our swimsuits, like do not stop at go. <laughs> like mm-hmm. And we, um, we head down to the beach with the boogie boards. Um, and that's what we do every single day. And it's just, there's no distractions. Um, you know, there's a ton of entertainment around you. Um, and it's just really great quality family time. Does it, so maybe I'm sh- sharing my age. I'm trying to share my wisdom. I've, I've learned over the years that I need a few days to prepare for vacation, mm-hmm. like disengagement. So um, when I took my vacation this like I've learned I can't get on a plane and go to the beach because it'll take me like 
two days to stop thinking about. I think that's science. It's like three days before you can unwind. Right. So that's what I was able to do this year. And I think it made the vacation so much more enjoyable because I, you know, I stopped working here. I I had a couple of those thoughts that I came back, sent a few more emails. But then after three, four, on the fourth day, got on the plane to go to vacation. That is so smart to plan that transition time. And then you, and then you're fully present the entire vacation. That's really cool. Well, just to actually enjoy it, because mm-hmm. otherwise you're kind of decompressing, or yeah, you're still twitching and looking at your phone email while you're at the right. beach instead of letting it go. Instead of putting it aside <laughs> and just look at this beautiful sand and water and yeah. palm trees and yes, huh? That's cool. Any other thoughts there about what you've been doing for rest renewal? You're getting ready for that vacation, but. I, yes, we, we are making that trip in a couple of weeks, actually. Um, so I, my entire summer is a period of rest right now. Um, I left my career of two decades um, three months ago. Mm-hmm. And so I've been very intentional about trying to find ways to um, kind of heal, explore, and grow is the way one of my friends phrased it. And I just mm-hmm. loved that try out of words. Um, and so a lot of that is walking in nature. And taking the time to have like a full sensory presence in the walk. So what are you hearing? Mm-hmm. You know, what do you what, what do you feel as your feet hit the pavement? Um, you know, what do you smell around you? And so just being like very uh, in tune with your senses, which is just the best way to disconnect from the random thoughts that are in your head. Um, trying to find more time for yoga and just very simple comforting exercise. Um, and and I've had the great joy of being able to enjoy more time with my kids. There are so many summers that I didn't even realize it was summer outside of the office window. Um, and so just being able to go and sit in the park while the five-year-old is playing tennis mm-hmm. and things like that, that has just been, to me, a very peaceful way to kind of re-engage with um, what what I'm passionate about and, and explore that a little bit. Thank you for sharing that. You ready to jump in the scripture? We got a let's do it. We got a weird one because there's a, the scripture has a section that has been removed or edited out in the suggested scripture for the Sunday. I think it's it's a helpful one, so we're going to read Matthew chapter eleven verses sixteen through nineteen, and then twenty five through thirty. So Jesus says, "But to what will I compare this generation?" It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to one another. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We wailed, and you did not mourn. For John came, neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. First thoughts, questions? There's a lot here. Um, Yeah. yeah. 
So the the first part, um, we played the flute for you. Need to not dance. Just that so many people have expectations about how you should be behaving or performing. Right. And there's just a lot of judging that's going on in the first part of that. Like, well, you did dance, so <laughs> so you must be too playful, or right. you know, or you didn't, so you're a prude. Or I mean, I think that's a lot of. Um, inner self-talk that people have going into that. That's like the social anxiety that comes with going into new situations is you're afraid of how people will judge you instead of just trusting your gut and doing what feels good to you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think what we, most people would be familiar with the way that Jesus um, has conflict with other religious authorities. Mm -hmm. And so I think that you're absolutely right that this is his commentary that his, He's critiquing their criticism and saying, hey, the, nothing, I, I can ever win with you because right. John was was different, perhaps the opposite. You know, he he uh, abstained from a variety of things and and you didn't like him. I'm sitting down with these folks and and you don't like this. So there's no way to, to win with you. Yet wisdom will be vindicated that that spirit of wisdom uh, in other places in the Bible is the Holy Spirit. Um and and often a, a way that God is revealed in a spirit of wisdom. So ultimately, Jesus' connection with God, the the Father as the Son, with the Holy Spirit, all of this is a you know a way that that the truth is revealed. So there's other. Um, if we were to go back to the beginning of Matthew chapter eleven, we'd hear um, John. Uh, you know, an exploration about John and an explanation more about who Jesus is. And then we get this situation with the comparison. Um, the You were talking about judgment, and oftentimes we think about judgment in a very negative way. But when we think about who God is as a judge, I think Jesus is revealing this in a very positive way that, that God as a judge is never separate from who God is in God's character, which is loving and kindness and mm. merciful. So, yes, there's judgment coming from Jesus, but it's good judgment that'll always be merciful and gracious. So then we get into, I guess it's verse 27. Yes. Um, no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal mm -hmm. him. Can you explain that one a little bit? So this is getting... A little bit, it, it's a way that we connect in the previous section um, with these criticisms of Jesus and who Jesus should be hanging out with. We're hearing some insider-outsider language. Um, and um, previous in verse um, 25, uh, Jesus says, you've hidden the things from, from who the world thinks are wise, revealed them to the infant's. Now, some of this, um, most people probably heard um, Jesus talk about uh, children and, and welcoming him and, and well, taking care of children. And some of that can be taken literally. Some of it is probably more metaphorical in terms of people who have grown up in the faith and should know the teachings of the faith and people who are freshly new to the faith. Mm -hmm. So brand new converts. This is some of the debate in the other church between Jews and Gentiles and do new people to the faith have to first become Jewish before they become Christian? So certainly there's always an expectation of kindness and hospitality and taking care of the little ones, 
as baby, you know, small children, but probably here infants as in brand new people to faith. So Jesus is baptizing, uh, is call, uh, teaching everybody, welcoming everybody. There's new people coming into being followers of the faith, um, and they get it. And the people who have grown up in the faith don't get it that Jesus is the one, Jesus is the one who reveals God. Right. So dis- is it so much that it's revealing it, or that the the newbies can right. can see it? Exactly. It's like they haven't had the cataracts right. built up over time that are. Um, hiding their vision. You, absolutely. That's what I think it's all about. Okay. Um, so then we we get to this point where he's he's it's an invitation. Come right. to me, all you that are weary, which is all of us, right? Like we're we're all carrying all of our burdens all the time, yes. but I will give you rest. Um, you know, the the ultimate host. You come to my cabin, take your shoes off, and lay on the couch or on the hammock, and and you know I will give you rest. But of course, it's spiritual rest. I'm just trying mm-hmm. to give that summer analogy there. Take my yoke upon you. Um, so I know you wanted to dig into a little bit about what that means by yoke, because initially people might be thinking about like animal husbandry and um, and might have different impressions about what that yeah. word might mean in this instance. So. Um I think this invitation, you might hear this and and hear an echo in the back of your head to when Jesus says, uh, come, follow me, take up my cross Mm. and and follow me. So I think this is an invitation to discipleship and and, a yoke might have an impression of servitude, but uh, but the immediate next words are, are gentle and humble. So it's not... It's not a painful, it's not a disciplinary servitude. It, it's an invitation to a life of discipleship that, that this is a way, this is the right way, this is the best way. If you follow Jesus' way, then you don't have to follow the other ways, which um, not that it will always be easy. He does say the, the word easy, but life, the problem um, there will be problems in life. We just have the promise that we'll never be alone. He says, for my yoke is easy. Yes. So here's the thing. There are a lot of different yokes yes. that you can put on in life, right? The yes. career yoke. Right. The, um, I, I don't know, um, there, are, there are any number of things that you can say, this is the path that I think is the one that I'm supposed to walk or the one that will um, give me riches or whatever it is. He's saying, take my yoke. And the burden will be light. Right. And what I take in that is, um, and you and I can get into this. We'd had a pre-conversation before we started recording about um, how straight and narrow you're supposed to walk right. in order to be like on the right side of things. Right. Um, what I really hear from this is, look, you don't have to do it all. Exactly. Let me guide you. Mm-hmm. And if you do things this way, it's going to be okay. You're not going to find yourself getting into trouble, into crazy debt, into falling with the wrong people mm-hmm. because um, because you're living in a very pure and simple and, and comfortable way. Yeah. And I think the, the – I'm not positive about this. You can tell me. So a yoke on animals is not, is not a restrictive harness. It's not a muzzle. Right. It, it's a way that the animal is guided. Mm-hmm. It's a way that you lead them right through the pasture, et cetera. And, and I think that's where um, we can look at Scripture 
um, through the lens of, of law and feel it's restrictive, or we can look at Scripture as the lens of instruction, and this is the path forward in life. This is the way I want to look at life, and if I take this inwardly, then it can lead me outwardly. I love that. Okay. Okay, so where do we go from here? Um, we, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, we really always like to try to find ways to apply this to our day-to-day life. So once we have a deeper understanding of what the scripture is trying to tell us and, and kind of do the cultural translations to make it relevant to today, um, what does this mean for people listening to this this week and um, how you might contemplate it, what we might journal about? So I'm... I'm thinking a couple different things. One is just in this sense of of summer rest, renewal, vacation to just do what you can to get the most out of it to actually to actually enjoy it. Um, sometimes you might schedule a vacation and you come back and you don't feel rest and renewed, or or you um, you didn't. The burden didn't get lifted. You just set the burden aside and you come back and you pick it up, up yeah. and it's like, okay, I just spent that money or nothing productive came Not out of it. Not everybody gets to go on vacation. Correct. Um, you know, there can be financial or family or health barriers. Um, one thing that I've been trying to do intentionally, and some of this goes back to my nature walks, but is to flag, like notice and sit in the delights that come about. And it could be as simple as how fun it is to get a popsicle when you're a five-year-old. Um, but just to, to say, hey, I noticed that that is just such an enjoyable thing, and let's recognize this moment and not just let it flit away. So I got a, a, a poem about that that I think will will highlight that. The other um, thing that I was thinking is, is rest is kind of a generic word, but I did a, a little research. I found a TED Talk about seven different types of rest. Um, okay. This is Dr. Sandra uh, Dalton Smith. The The TED Talk is called The Real Reason We Are Tired and What to Do About It. So I'll, she begins by correlating sleep and rest. And and I think that's a fair, um, you know, armchair uh, correlation, but she says that that's not... Um, because sleep helps you get physical rest, but there's also mental rest, emotional rest, social rest, sensory rest, creative rest, and spiritual rest. Um, I think a lot of us might understand the the sensory rest of if we always have our screens in front of us, and, mm-hmm. and I think there is science about the blue light and yes. stuff like that, and you do need to put it away, and you do need to have a break from it in order to get um, the other rest that we need. Um Mental rest, I'm sure people talk about this at, at work, that you should take short breaks, you know, every hour or a couple hours, just get away so that your brain can stop that. Um, There's a real quick exercise. This takes one second, so yeah, I'm just yeah. going to interject it here. Um, but you just look. So if you're at a computer or whatever, yeah, yeah. take a moment, look out as far as you can. So if you've got a window in front of you, look as far into the distance as you can. Or if you're just in a room, try to look to the farthest wall. Then try to focus on something mid-distance. Mm-hmm. And then look at your hand in front of your face like you're holding something. And so that's your close distance. And that just helps you reset your ability to um, be able to control your focus. Nice. I think the 
other thing sometimes people talk about is having a notebook by the side of your bed so that if you have a thought, you write it down and then you can let it go. Right, so and then, then it's not it, swirling all night. Right, awake. right. Yeah. Um, emotional rest is, um, you know, some of that people-pleasing or um, really trying to communicate what you want in your relationships with people openly, honestly. Um, Brene Brown says clear is kind, yes. unclear is unkind. Um, social rest is being around people who actually support you, lift you up. Um, creative rest, thinking about, um, I, I'm guessing that you're good at this, that your workspace has beautiful things around it, inspiring things. You take time to, um, awaken awe and wonder around you. You're talking about nature walks and taking in different sights and sounds and smells. So that's a creative way. And then of course we're talking about spiritual things, um, trying to find the sacred in every day, you know, looking at the ordinary and seeing God's goodness in there and and finding like our church, a congregation of, of people who can support you. Um, and then like our scripture reading, trying to uh, expand our thoughts by engaging in these types of conversations. Can I share one more? Please. <laughs> this is what you get when I spend three months on um, introspection. And right. then I come back to see you and I have all of these ideas. Um, but this is, again, a very simple exercise, um, and it helps with the social rest. So um, people like me who you're in contact with, you know, people throughout the day, and it can feel overwhelming. And so what you can do is just visualize a bubble mm. and put everyone in it. Nice, yeah. nice, happy bubble that can float around. And so I can put you in there because, you know, we had a lot of contact today. I can put, you know, my mom, my kids, the lady at the grocery store, whatever it is. And you just say a little prayer for them, cut the cord, cut the balloon cord, and let them float away. Mm. And so you're giving them grace. You're giving those interactions grace and peace, but you can separate yourself from it and let it go. I love that. I think um, more and more people are talking about um, healthy boundaries, and that sounds like, you, yeah. you know, setting a boundary. Okay, here's where I'm wanting to set my intention i'm giving energy awareness love but then i'm also letting go of it that's right yeah yeah okay so i have a, a prayer i have this um have poem. A poem let's hear the poem okay well first just in terms of uh summer mary oliver has this wonderful uh poem about the the summer day but it ends with this uh great question um tell me what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? I have chills right now. I cannot believe you just read that out loud. Yeah. That is, um, I was at the Chicago Botanic Gardens yeah, yesterday yeah. with our cousins, and um, there's a bench uh, that they have yeah, yeah. that has that printed on it. It's yeah. so inspiring. And, yeah, thank you for recognizing that. I um, I mean, the, be- the, the fullness of the poem is beautiful, but just that one line, you know, just bringing your awareness to how uh, fragile life is, especially, you know, flowers, nature. Um, so thinking about the preciousness, but also the wildness of it and how we do need, you know, Jesus came to give us the fullness of life. So appreciating that wildness and that preciousness. Okay, so Lucille Clifton is this poem that I want to share because um, there's just this this beauty in it that, that similarly um, invites us to to see the the gift of life from God, um, to appreciate the 
the sacredness in, in the everyday, like every single day, thinking about the beginning. Um, so that there's a chorus of a, a world, a sigh, a voice. Like, anyway, Lucille Clifton, uh, in the beginning was the word. Um, I, Lucille Clifton, hereby testify that in that room there was a light, and in that light there was a voice, and in that voice there was a sigh, and in that sigh there was a world. A world, a sigh, a voice, a light, and I alone in that room. I think what I appreciate is just kind of that awareness. If we just take a, a, a little extra moment to see the, you know, the sacred in the ordinary, the the holy in the ordinary, and just say, you know, sometimes we look at the vastness of the world and think, wow, um, but God also created me and just seeing that specialness, um, that preciousness. Um, that's my, my wish for you in your rest that you, uh, know how much you are loved and find renewal in that. And then because Jesus is inviting all of us who are weary to come, let's, let's pray. Let us pray. Dear Jesus, our brother and friend today, we pray for all who are weary that they may feel the easiness of your yoke and the lightness of your load. We pray for others who are ill, those who are weary from the demands of overwork or from worthlessness or worklessness, as we pray for ourselves that we may remember that productivity is not a kingdom value. Send your grace, holy friend, upon all of us who suffer from the delusion that we are only as valuable as our work. Remind us that your ease is for all people and draw them into the shelter of your mercy. We pray all things in your name that we might find rest and renewal in you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this podcast from Ivanhoe Congregational Church. We hope you'll join us for worship on any Sunday morning at 10 a.m. You can find us on Facebook or visit our website at ivanhoechurch.org. That's I-V-A-N-H-O-E church.org. We are an inclusive church in Mundelein, Illinois, living our faith with hope for tomorrow and celebrating our history dating back to 1838. We are strongly committed to social justice and responsible stewardship of God's creation. We extend God's extravagant welcome as revealed in Jesus Christ and empowered by the Holy Spirit. We welcome all people to join our vibrant, diverse, and supportive faith community. Blessings to you with grace and peace.